This is a CNA podcast. Doors are closing. Hello, listeners. Welcome to Work It. Today, we are diving into the topic of side hustles. Now, I tried to think hard about whether I have ever done two things at one time, like having a job and working on something else afterwards. I honestly couldn't come up with anything except for teaching tuition when I was in university. Because for the majority of my life, I had to work and take care of my children. The kids were my biggest side hustle, and they didn't even earn me a cent. Adrian, I'm sure you have more experience in this, right? Uh, I do. I'm all side hustles. I just want to point out, actually taking care of kids is a main job, not a side hustle. <laughs> you never knock off. But for me, I have a lot of side hustles. This hosting thing is a side hustle for me. Doing a few marketing thing on the side, speaking engagement, writing assignments. So a lot of side hustles all come together. But you did have a full-time job and you still always dabbled. You were still always writing, you were always podcasting, that kind of thing, right? Oh yes, oh yes. It is just something that appeals to me because in my main job, I don't really get to practice that entirely. And also, even if you get to do so, when it comes to, say, writing, content would also play a part, which you may be able to get it during your side hustles, but not during your main job. So, according to author Jill Epstein, what used to be a concept of just earning extra cash or keeping your options open has now morphed into, honestly, a staggering array of activities you could do on top of your day job. A younger generation is also tapping into this to ensure that they have several streams of income. The main idea is to indulge in a passion, test the potential of a business idea, or simply to distress from the day job. Which is exactly how our guest today started. Lena Chan is owner of Mad About Sucre, set up in 2015, a restaurant which focuses on clean eating. But her story starts more than 20 years ago, when Lena was working in finance but found comfort in baking. Eventually, banking fell by the wayside and she moved baking from side hustle to serious business. So we want to talk to her about her journey, how side hustles impact workplace relationships, and how to keep a lid on burnout. Lena, let's kick things off by asking you to take us back in time. Why did you choose to bake? I'm sure you were working something like 60 hours a week in your finance job. How do you find the time to bake? I go back to childhood because my parents, they were foodies. My childhood is all about food, basically, because my mom, she's a very hospitable person. So many times, friends and families, when they come to our house for meals, especially the festive periods, me and Eric will always be helping in the kitchen. So from there, basically, the love for food and eating grew from there. Right. But my interest is actually more on the baking side of mm. things, the sweet things, basically. The best things. <laughs> <laughs> That's where the passion grew. As a typical Singaporean, parents always say, oh, you need to study if you get the paper. So I just continued to study. After uni, went on to work in IT, then went on to work banking. But during those years, during holiday season, like Chinese New Year or Christmas, or even parents' birthday, friends' birthday, mm. I will mm. try to bake something. So it starts from there, actually. So after I got married, my first boy, after he was born, because he was born premature, right. asthmatic. So then the doctor was saying that because 
he has asthma, there's a lot of things that he's allergic to, like synthetic colours, for example. Mm, mm. Yeah, kids being kids, they like sweet stuff. So I went around looking for desserts, but I couldn't find much dessert that suits him because of all the natural colours, ingredients and stuff. So that's when I got into more baking, buy my own raw ingredients, cook from scratch, using only organic sugar Mm. and natural colours such as red dragon fruit powder, that sort Mm. of thing. Despite not quitting the day job, right? Yes, yes. And that period, even though it was tiring, but I tried my best to bake stuff for my children. So I was thinking, because I'm already spending so much time working, I might as well do what I like to do. Yeah, that's why I spoke to Eric, then we went on to open Madbox Secret. At what point did it occur to you that this could actually become a sustainable side hustle? Do you still recall who your first customer was? Since we opened, our family, they are the very first customers who tasted everything, especially my elder boy. He's the one who eat everything, especially desserts. He was the one who tasted everything and said, Mommy, this one I think maybe not sweet enough. This one, the taste is not strong enough, that sort of things. They are always the most reliable first customers, I have to say. Yeah, most reliable and the ones who gave the most constructive feedback. Yeah. Banking and baking are like chalk and cheese, right? Yes. And your employer wouldn't really care to find out how much time you were spending or how much money you were making on the side. But there are quite a lot of side hustle jobs that may have some conflict with your day job. Did you have to declare this? Did your boss know that you were doing this? Uh, my boss, she was aware that I was very interested in cake decoration and baking and stuff. But I don't skip work because I need to do it. Uh-huh. But because there's still the annual leave thingy going on. Yeah. So I would take leave to attend classes to improve myself, that mm. sort. But on the side hustle thing, it's more of a weekend kind of thing. Or even I once took a two weeks leave to bake for Chinese New Year. That is still within the approved means of side hustle. I'm just wondering whether going forward, this is going to be something employers are going to accept. Like, you don't have to have only one thing. You can have many things and they will just have to give you time to do. I'm not sure about other big companies, but I think as long as it's not in conflict, like you said, baking and banking are like chalk and cheese. So as long as it's not related, so I guess it's still fine. Unless you are working in a bakery and on the side you are baking to sell on your own, right. that becomes a conflict that shouldn't do it at all. Yeah, maybe that becomes a bit more complicated. La. Yes, yes. Mm. Hi, my name is Steve Lai. And I'm Teresa Tang. And we are the hosts of the new podcast, CNA Correspondent. From New York to Bangkok, join us as we kick back and chat with our colleagues across the globe about the latest news developments. Look out for our weekly episodes wherever you get your podcasts. So essentially, you are working on a seven-day work week, given that you have to take up your weekend to do your baking and stuff. Yes, during those years, yes. Was there a trigger moment that helped you to realize, hey, maybe I should do this full-time instead of just a side hustle? Oh. And how did you come to terms with that moment to finally decide to take the leap of faith? Every time I go for classes or I was doing baking at home, I would think to myself, 
how nice it is to do this full time. Mm. Although at that point, I don't realize that in the kitchen also you need to put in many many hours, and there are times when you will not be able to do what you really want to do. Honestly, I took three long years to really think about whether I want to do it full time. Actually, that's not exactly a trigger point because all the while this was my passion. So it's not like a one day that you wake up and think, okay, I'm gonna quit no, my job. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, not, correct. Right? Yeah, it's a it's slow not. process. Yes. and then all the parts add together, right? Your kid is at home. Yeah, you are enjoying the work that you are doing in the kitchen, mm. and then you are thinking, okay, this must be viable. Yes, and then slowly ease into that, lah. Yeah, correct. And like you say, it's a slow and long process. Mm. The more I do, the more I enjoy it, and the more there are just some things here and there. Or I couldn't get nice cakes outside, and it's all this kind of small nitty gritty things that add up. Right. Yeah, right. and also because I had great support from my family when I told them that I'm thinking of quitting my full time job to pick up pastry, they all fully supported my decision. So wow, that's really nice, right? Yeah. That's always the engine that you need. Yes, correct. The support network needs to be very strong. So in order to have someone to see you through all these bad or tough times, mm. yeah, it's not easy, right? So mm. much easier to work for an employer. You just show up for work and then you get your pay. Yeah. As As opposed to doing your own thing, yes, and that's something that I believe many of us may see things from a very superficial lens to think that wow, moving from banking to a side hustle, mm-hmm. turning it into a bakery, everything seems to be nice and dandy. But I'm very certain along the way there are a lot of challenges, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. especially a, a lot of sacrifices that you might have to make. I was just wondering, are there any specific milestones when it comes to sacrifices that you have to really put up with in order to make this journey work for you? When you are working full time in a company, especially in a bank, the benefits are very good, right? The leave yeah. is like twenty one days leave, that sort of stuff. At that time, you would think maybe working in a bank is monotonous, and you would take leave as and when you want. But there are also times when you wish you do something more challenging. The challenge is that because this started out as a passion, so passion as it is, you spend a lot of time, then end up you just lost track of time. Because you keep doing and doing, and then sometimes something don't work, then you just keep on repeating, repeating, and repeating. Right. And especially during the earlier time, I would imagine all this time spent does not really come back in the form of any financial returns, right? Because we were still experimenting, we were still trying things out. Correct. Financial wise, we actually stand by a sum of money because after opening, there's this setup cost. After setting up, then you need to. Wait for business to come and that sort of things. We actually had eight months worth of operating expenses as a standby. I wanted to ask you something a bit more broader. According to a poll by Time Magazine, they polled about two thousand Americans, and one in three of that sample said that they had a side hustle. And I'm thinking in Singapore that number is probably high as well, especially among the younger generation. I know it's so easy to be a YouTuber, like a Grab driver, like a freelance photographer. I have some colleagues who are yoga instructors, for example. In a sense, they have this idea that life should not be just about work and personal life. So if you get another stream of income through this, it's great. But do you think that from an employer point of view, employers mind if let's say their employees all have side hustles <laughs> because then I can't call them there on the weekend or have an extra project. They might have to block out their time to do it. What do you think? If let's say the full time job and the side hustle. They are not in conflict. 
then probably the person can try doing side hustle. But the problem is they need to manage their time well. Because yeah. like you say, a YouTuber is probably fun to do or whatever. But what we see are always the front end, the surface, right? right. Everything is glamorous, fun and happy. Yeah. I'm not a YouTuber myself, but I believe behind the scene, so much effort and preparation has gone into just probably doing one scene, you see. Right. So all these are the behind-the-scenes stuff that non-YouTuber person know about. Yeah. So it's never about the person only. The person must also see it's not a one-person job, basically. So it's the team that needs to carry the business to the finishing line. Right, right. But Adrian, would you tell your employer if you are a yoga instructor or that's just your problem and you just do it quietly? I think if there's anything that may clash or it would go public, I think it would be best for them to find out directly from me rather than through other sources. Right. And right. on that note, Lina, I was just wondering, did your boss require a lot of convincing when you decide to let him or her know that, oh, actually, I have this side hustle as well? Um, no, not really. Because when I bake, I bake extra and bring it to an office. Just save a cake for See, me. See, cake always <laughs> helps, right? Yeah. And then they're just happy with it and they just finish up the whole thing. So that's not really a problem. I think to them, because it's not clashing with my full-time job anyways. Mm, I think that's the main point. Yeah. yeah. So as long as the person can juggle between the full-time job and... Of course, you don't use your office hours to go and take orders for your personal side hustle. You have to adhere by the KPI of the full-time job. Then I don't see any problem right, with it actually. Right. Yeah, I think Gen Z's will eventually lead the way in terms of this kind of thing. Maybe if your kids wanted to be teachers, but also crypto traders, you're okay? I'm okay. <laughs> as long as they can focus on both things, yeah, it's all fine by me. So if you could say what would a downside be, would you say burnout might be a downside? Like if you're handling two very big things, like you're working a full-time job, 15-hour days, and then you're also doing 15-hour baking days in the weekends. Burnout would definitely come in. But of course, these are when you're young, you have energy. more stamina, <laughs> a lot of energy. So it's not a problem. And somehow if it's driven by passion, that alone you can go many, many hours. Yeah, that's true. In fact, you've said it before, right? Yeah. Your baking yes. hours are long, sometimes yes. up to 15 hours a day. Correct. But you enjoy those hours in the kitchen, right? Yes, easily stand like 12 to 15 hours in the kitchen. So it's important to identify what actually appeals to you and not Correct. just, not just do follow what mainstream tell you. Correct. Oh, I see this influencer seems to be quite popular, getting a lot of money, sponsorship deal. Let me also try to become an influencer. It has to truly be something that appeals to yes. your inner passion things that you can do in a zone over Correct. a period of hours without even noticing that the clock has run down. Yeah. Since I left my full-time job, my friends, uh, Lina, how can you do this for long? Because it's also physically demanding because there's so many hours spent in the kitchen. And as I've aged, I realized that physically you are not as strong, not as agile. So mm. all these things plays a part. They also ask me, I also want to do it. Can you tell me how? I say first, you need to know what you like to do. Yeah. Other than sitting in the office, what else you like to do? A lot of them can't give me any answers. Watch so. Netflix. <laughs> Watch Netflix is one of them. Yeah. Just as a last question, now that you have a thriving business, what advice would you give to that young woman 20 years ago working 15-hour days in a corporate setting? Take the time 
to practice, to hone the skills, and also at the same time build up financial wise, set aside. Have really, a good runway. Yeah, have a good runway. Work hard in your full time job so that you get promotion and increments, <laughs> and that will help on the financial side of things. And really take the time to hone the skills and also build out your physical stamina. Okay. Thanks to Lena and to you, our listeners, for staying with us. If you missed last week's episode, well, you need to go and listen to it. Our guest was Law Society President Adrian Tan. He talked about getting cancer, leadership and quiet quitting. The only way not to miss that conversation or any of the others we put out is to click follow on CNA or subscribe on iTunes and Spotify. The team behind this podcast is Jacqueline Chan, Daniel Lee, Joanne Chan and Crispina Robert. And I am Adrian Tan, signing off.